Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Hero Sports follows up the preseason football polls with their preseason All-Americans. We get to baseball, which we did not yesterday. And how about Leon Costello from Montana State and Chris Cobb from the University of Montana. It is Tutel and Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, around the state. Great to be with you on this 
Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for letting us spend some of it with you wherever you might be. If you'd like to listen live and you're not around your radio, maybe it's just easier for you on a device, on a computer. 1029ESPN.com is where you go. You listen live all the time on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You want to pick up your phone and call us? You can do just that. 361-3688-361-3688. The phone number, all guests. Join us via the rank brothers rv phone line we continue today it's day three of registering people your best golf photos we'll get into that specifically give you a, a, a night and a day over at the Coeur d'Alene golf resort 208184 uh, to text in your best golf photos for that we'll flesh that out a little bit more but today specifically in the show how about this the all-american teams five grizzlies uh three montana state bobcats on the preseason all-american teams first second and third team for football this is nationally now nationally all americans okay is what we're talking about so this is big time we'll go through who is on what team and uh, where should they be who's right who's wrong cultural uh, help break that down for us a little bit we did not get into the original proposal from major league baseball aka the owners yesterday for their continued uh, negotiations from the, when it comes to a financial standpoint with major league baseball with the players union uh not great Okay, not great. Not a good first sign on this thing. We'll get into that a little bit. Also in this hour, Stephen F. Austin. We just talked about this very briefly uh, yesterday. Just mentioned it. The basketball program getting the death penalty for NCAA violations, having uh, something like 80, 80 plus players over multiple sports uh, ineligible, academically ineligible, participating in athletic contests. So we'll get into that a little bit. And also the Pioneer League. Where are we at there then, also in light of baseball? Uh, uh, so that's what we got in the first hour. Top of the hour, we get into uh, some interviews. Excited today to welcome back Leon Costello, the athletic director of Montana State, to the show. Uh, we'll get into plenty of stuff with him. Again, of course, the ever-changing you know, situation as we go. Where are we at with sports? Where are we at with uh, the new facilities? Since we last spoke, facilities are opening up beginning Jan- June 1st. Uh, academics are opening up beginning August 17th in Montana State. So we will get into some of the specifics of what that means for sports in general uh, at MSU. We also at uh, 5.30, very excited to have the associate head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team, Chris Cobb, on with us. Coach Cobb, uh, been here the whole run with Travis DeCure, and uh, uh, great to talk with him anytime we can get him uh, with us. We are, we're happy to have him. It will be fun to talk with him today. So there you go. That is our show uh, in a nutshell. If you're uh, wondering, you can check that out. Uh, stick with us for the whole two hours, or you can listen on the podcast, which is available on all your favorite podcasting platforms as well. Coulter, you slipped, you fell, you chopped your face off. What happened? What happened? I mean, I just, uh, it was too big for the, the hot weather. I, I i know a lot of people joke. Coulter cut his beard, people. That's what I'm talking about. And not just like a little bit, like Santa Claus is. All the way off. First of all, I, I don't care what anybody says. There is no way to adequately twi- trim your beard besides elimination uh, unless you have the right clippers. And I don't. Uh, regardless. Everybody out there in the world, there's all these cliches that we all abide by by humans, and we all ask each other how the weather is, even though we're living on the same planet, and half of the population jokes about how they're always cold, and half the population jokes about how they're always hot. I absolutely promise you that I am more hot than you, no matter how hot you think you possibly could be. I sweat 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, all the time. I don't Mm -hmm. understand how humans live when it's above 60 degrees. 
people that ride their bikes to work, you're an alien. I don't know how it's possible. Yeah. Because even just riding in an air-conditioned car, I melt into a puddle. So anyways, I had to shave my face because it was just so hot and I couldn't handle it anymore. So here we are. Well, you look much better. I did? You do. No, I did. You do. I think you're confused. No, I'm not. You're a brilliant, beautiful man. Uh, Coulter, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the preseason All-Americans here, okay? Yep. Hero Sports, uh, we had Sam Herter on uh, yesterday on the ESPN Roundtable. You heard it today again at noon on ESPN Radio. Uh, Sam Herter uh, from Hero Sports releasing uh, their top 25 preseason poll and now the All-American teams, All-American teams. I thought this was interesting uh, for a lot of reasons. I have every... Big Sky Conference player that is on this list, and obviously uh, the Cats and the Grizz that are on this list. There is one Montana player on the first team offense. That is Samari Torre. Yep. Samari Torre at wide receiver uh, to go with uh, D'Angelo Wilson at Austin P and Cade Johnson uh, at South Dakota State. Uh, so, no so, surprise. Quick side note on Cade Johnson. By the way. Uh, he is. He was a walk-on at South Dakota State. Hmm. He's a legacy guy at Nebraska. And there was a lot of speculation that after, I mean, he's had back-to-back gigantic years. Anybody that watched Montana State play out at South Dakota State two years ago, I mean, it was a Kate Johnson show. He caught four touchdowns in the first half. Amazing. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to grad transfer to Nebraska. So holding on to him was maybe one of the best recruiting jobs in the entire FCS this offseason. Uh, th- so Samari Torrey, there you go. You're one offensive player on the first team uh, from the state of Montana. There is one other Big Sky Conference player on the first team. That is quarterback Kevin Thompson out of Sacramento State to pair with, no surprise, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. So two first-team quarterbacks, it's those two guys. And the the, uh, the two top vote-getters for the Walter Payton Award a year ago, mm-hmm. the Missouri Valley Offensive Player of the Year and Trey Lance, the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year and Kevin Thompson. So those were basically shoe-ins. I mean, when you got... The two top vote getters in the Offensive Player of the Year award nationally coming back, they are going to be the first team All Big Sky quarterbacks, and so or, excuse me, first team All American quarterbacks. So let me let me skip over the defense quickly, and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. I have I have several questions as well. Okay, uh, first of all, two Montana Grizzlies first team defense: Jace Lewis from the from the University of Montana had 131 tackles last year. Robbie Houck also as a sophomore. First team defensive back safety from the University of Montana. He had 129 uh, uh, tackles. Now we've talked about it's not about fudging statistics. It's about the way in which you count at particular institutions. We understand that. Nonetheless, both those guys wildly productive, not just the tackles, but the eye test as well. People thought, okay, well, who's going to step in for Josh Buss when he graduates? You know, and it was it was uh, you know Dante Olson, and then who? Well, what's going to happen now when when he slides over spot? Well, it was Jace Lewis, and he was. He was outstanding last year. I, I don't know if I was surprised to see him on the first list, but I think it's warranted. Robbie Houck as well. And then also for Montana State as an athlete, not even as a position, Troy Anderson, the first-team All-American. They did put him on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's because where that's where Montana has him. Uh, Montana State has him slotted to play uh, as well. So there you go. There's your three uh, Montana, player, uh, Montana players on the defense and nobody else, by the way, in the Big Sky Conference is on the first team defensively other than those three from the state of Montana. Well, I'm not surprised by that just because there was a group of incredible seniors last year in terms of production. George Obina at Sac State, Jonah Williams at Weber State, Dante Olson at Montana. Those three guys graduate, and so I'm not surprised that there wasn't anybody else really in the running because those guys 
hogged all the awards. They hogged all the statistics. They were the hogged all the players of the week last year during the football season. I mean, those guys basically were flat dominant. Their graduation, I'm not really that surprised. Also, though, I, uh, this whole segment is going to be about caveats, so we'll get into it. But there's some caveats when it comes to the Big Sky because the style of play, leading the le- your league in defensive team statistics in the Big Sky is going to get you nowhere close to the top 20 nationally. And that's because of the style of play, not the quality of defense. So yeah. we'll get into some of that stuff here in a little bit. The one other guy that we got to mention on the first team, the only other player from the Big Sky Conference who's on the first team uh, on special teams is kicker Lewis Aguilar from uh, Northern Arizona. So just uh, for what it's worth. Here's my question to you, okay? Worth noting, too, Marcus Knight on the second team from the University of Montana. Malik oh, we're, Fla- we're going to get Oh, we're getting there. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, here's my first, okay, okay. Te- my first team question. First team questions, okay? Yep. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Offensive line, defensive line, your bread and butter. Yep. Not one player in the conference yep. on either offensive or defensive line first team. It is worth noting two of the five offensive linemen are North Dakota State Bison, no surprise. I want you to count the number of caveats. It wasn't there. really a question, by the way. I, I got yeah. it. I get what you're asking. Yeah. Or I get what you're, where you're leading me. I want you to count the caveats okay. that we have in this segment. Caveat number one. Ding. And, I, and I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this with a disclaimer first and foremost. I do not think the any, caveat has a disclaimer. I, I don't think. Where that, are we at here? I don't think that any of these selections are wrong, and I don't think that any of these selections are unwarranted. I think that you just need to take a more magnified lens when it comes to this sort of thing. I guess what I'm saying is what these lists should be named are the most productive returning players. That's what it should be called. Because if you are pairing, if you're making all American mean best players. That's not the case, but production sometimes gets you way more accolades than doing your job in the scope of your scheme. So caveat number one, the Big Sky Conference, the way that they vote for all conference awards, I said this at the end of the show yesterday, it's slotted where where your team finishes, you get a guaranteed number of first team positions, right? And if you're in the top four, you're likely going to be lobbying for 18 to 20 guys to get all league stuff. And so if you want them to get any form of first, second, or third team all league, you kind of got to, it's like you have $100 to play poker or whatever. I mean, you have to invest, fantasy baseball, for example, when you're buying players, you have to figure out where you're going to invest to vote for guys. Last year, Montana State, although they made the final four, although they won 11 games, they they did not share they, the big They did title. not share the big side title. Neither yep. did Montana. They both finished in a tie for third. So they got less slated all-league slots, even though a lot of people could argue they had more all-conference caliber or especially top-tier all-conference caliber players mm-hmm. across both the offense and the defense. So then when you're Jeff Choate and you you have to have Mitch Brott, your captain, your 50 games in a row starter, be an All-American. To be an All-American, he has to be a first-team all-league guy. You're going to use one of your first-team all-league slots there. But then you also want to get it for Travis Johnson. You also want to, you know, at least lobby for a guy like Bryce Sturck, Josh Hill, Braden Conkle. So all of a sudden now you don't have as many 
chips left to play with when you're lobbying for Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuiasasopo. I thought both those guys were second-team All-League guys last year. They both ended up getting third-team. It's good, but it doesn't get is not going to get you into any All-American ballot. If you're not at least second-team All-League, you will not land on any All-American ballot that people like me get to vote on or that the national media is going to analyze. So then you're not a returning All-American player. If you if you're not covering the team up close and personal, it's very or you don't cover the conference up close and personal, it's very hard to evaluate offensive line play. And there's no statistics. And and nobody nobody covers the FCS nationally. In fact, nobody covers the FBS nationally in that way. You just can't do it. I mean, there's there's hundreds of teams that you would have to sit there and know intimately. There's right. not, there's no way to do it. Right. So. And so what I'm saying is the, the the Hero Sports guys they do a great job, and their process is not necessarily flawed. They do it exactly how you would do it. I mean, they do it the the best way that you can. But then you're picking from returning all Americans, and so Lewis Kid. He's gotten some offseason hype, so he lands on the third team. That's good, but I also think that his upside, his potential is more than that. Mm. And But then you get into all the other statistical things, which we will as well. But then you talk about on the defensive lines. Okay, Montana State graduates a couple tremendous players in Derek Marks, Bryce Dirk, and even Jason Skripos, who played a, an underrated but key role a year ago. Chase Benson was a third-team All-League guy last year. He's got All-American potential, but he's not going to get preseason All-American votes. Look at the guys that return from Montana. All their guys are really young. I think yeah. Alex Gubner has All-American potential for sure. Maybe not this year, but certainly by the time he's a junior. But then you also look at Montana's defensive line. If they continue to run the same scheme that they're running right now under Kent Bear, they're never going to have All-American all defensive linemen because that's not what the scheme is. They're, compare and contrast Montana-Montana State, right? I think – Four of Montana State's six leading tacklers a year ago were their defensive linemen. That's how good those guys were. Nowhere close to their leading tacklers were Montana's defensive linemen. But why is that? Because Gubner and Braden Deming and Jesse Sims and just on down the line, their whole point is to eat up blockers so that Dante Olson, Jace Lewis, and Robbie Howe can get all the tackles. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to – it's kind of a give and take here, right? That's the other thing I have to say is that – if you actually truly dive into the detailed nature of Montana's scheme, Robbie Houck lines up where a safety lines up. He doesn't really play safety. He plays linebacker. Right. And when you interview other coaches in the – I shouldn't say he plays linebacker. He plays rover, essentially, right? But when you interview other coaches around the league, at least a third of the league that we talked to last year say their linebackers are great, and they would say 34, 33, and 17. They always would say 17 as a linebacker because that in the run fit, that's what his responsibility is. They basically play instead of three linebackers in a traditional, you know, two outsides in a middle, they play two inside guys that play multiple gaps. And then the third guy, what is like the will in a traditional scheme, that's Robbie Houck and he runs the alley. That's why he gets so many tackles. And so, again, it, it, it's every single one of these guys is deserving. It's just sometimes you got to parse through it to see. Uh, more of the details of where they all play. At the end of the day, five players from the Big Sky Conference are on the first team, either offense or defense. Four of them are from the state of Montana. Three of them are University of Montana Grizzlies. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Let's take a look at the second and third teams. Eric Berrier from Eastern Washington makes second team uh, uh, All-American. Again, I think nobody can argue this. His season last year was disappointing insofar as the entire Eastern Washington season was pretty disappointing but he is I mean 
if you're asking me who's the best quarterback in the Big Sky Conference, right. it's probably Eric Berry. Totally, totally. But here, here's, I mean, here's another example of stats are for losers, right? For Be, sure. Because, because Eastern Washington led the country in total offense last year, mm-hmm. missed the playoffs. Right. Eric Berry led the country in passer efficiency rating. He threw 30 touchdowns and four picks. Great season. Yeah. They missed the playoffs. Yeah. And they also had him doing a role where he was throwing it, but he wasn't really running it. So. A lot of times, again, you just got to look past the initial layer. Um, second team uh, offense, in addition to Eric Berrier, Josh Davis and Marcus Knight at the running back spot. Josh Davis from Weber State. Of course, Marcus Knight from the University of Montana. On the offensive line, we find our first Big Sky Conference uh, lineman, Ty Whitworth at Weber State. And then also Elijah Dotson from Sacramento State listed as what? An all-purpose player, basically, uh, Elijah Dawson from Sacramento State. The same thing as athlete on the defense, but on the right. offense. Uh, defensively, there is nobody on the second team in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, there's a couple of special teamers, punter DJ Arnson from Northern Arizona, and then Trey Tuttle, the kicker uh, from Weber State. Third team, offensive line, Lewis Kidd from Montana State. So Montana State gets does get Lewis Kidd as an All-American on the third team. You also get at wide receiver Pierre Williams from Sacramento State. And last but not least, finally, last couple. The defensive line, Amandre Williams from Montana State is also a third team guy. And then Chris Ojo, yep. you getting it right? You got it. Ojo from Eastern Washington uh, as, a, uh, as a linebacker. But two linemen, one offense, one defense, and the third-team All-American uh, from Montana State as they reload on both those sides. Again, they, they actually lost a lot more. They only lost one player, All-American player, right. on their offensive line. They lost several guys on the defensive line, but they're, they're still they're going to be very good up front both sides. Next caveat. Yep. I was excited to see Amandre Williams get on this list because this is another thing that gets muddled. Do you play a traditional outside linebacker like a Sam? Like Chris Chris Ojo does, which I think Chris Ojo is one of the best true four three outside linebackers in the country, and I'm glad to see him from Eastern Washington get on the list too, because he would have been an All American last year, but he got hurt. But do you play the Sam spot or do you play edge? Amandre Williams is an outside linebacker as an edge. He plays buck, so he's a D end outside linebacker hybrid. Think of Khalil Mack, Von Miller, not as much hand in the dirt. But you're playing the wide side of the field. You're playing the boundary. So you're not getting stuff filtered back to you as much as you are chasing stuff down. So when you're comparing a guy like Chris Ojo, who plays on the strong side and is getting things filtered back to him, to Amandre Williams, who's playing on the wide side of the field Mm -hmm. and then also has pass rush responsibilities, their numbers are not going to be close. Chris Ojo will have twice as many tackles as Amandre Williams this year if they stay healthy. But it's a different position, but they're getting voted on in the same position here. But I was glad to see both those guys land on the list because Williams was a third-team Big Sky guy last year. Uh, But I I, I thought towards the end of the year, his emergence as the buck spot was maybe the key to Montana State's surge down the stretch. In total, 17 players were selected onto an All-American team for a second or third from the Big Sky Conference. Three of those were special teamers. So of the 14 that are remaining that are either offensive or defensive All-Americans, eight of those are on Montana or Montana State. So a pretty good piece of the pie, all things considered, at least on that. Herosports.com if you're going to check it out. It's pretty cool. Last thing, I want to talk about running backs real quick. Okay. Because running back, we we watch football a little bit differently, but we actually are more similar than a lot of, of 
people that are different. Like we are different people, but we we watch football a little bit more similar than other people. You Reese, watch record whatever just happened in the last sixty seconds. Put you're put so that good at it. You're please. so good at engendering me with confidence. Um, <laughs> running back is cut and dry. Evaluating running backs, there's not a lot of nuance to it. Yeah, I mean it's it's who's running, the best? catching and blocking. Who's the best? Right. Yeah. We were talking about this yesterday on the show. We watched the big sky right now. I think has one of the best collections of backs I've yeah. seen. I think that there's five or six guys in the league that are straight elite, like straight straight up five of the ten best guys in the country. Josh Davis was the freshman of the year two years ago. So even though he got banged up down the stretch for Weber State, I'm not surprised he got second team. He's got national recognition already, and he's definitely one of the best guys in the league, no question. I thought Alonzo Gilliam from UC Davis is one of the best backs in the country. I thought he got snubbed. Elijah Dotson led the league in rushing two years ago. He came nowhere close to leading the league in rushing last year, but that's because, again, another caveat, Troy Taylor's offense is totally different. Right. He led the league. I think he actually led the country in receiving yards. And he's not even on this list as a running back. Right. He got the all-purpose because – he was like an 800-yard rusher, but he was also like an 800-yard receiver. Yeah, yeah. So he's getting the same 1,600 yards from scrimmage. He's just doing it in a different way. Yeah. So I still think he's right up there. And then you talk about Marcus Knight. We both think Marcus Knight is a really good player. Absolutely. Marcus Knight also benefited from being the the closer of an incredibly efficient offense a year ago, incredibly explosive offense a year ago. Montana was very good in the red zone because of Marcus yeah, Knight. yeah. He set the school record for singles for touchdowns, both rushing and total touchdowns in a season. That in itself is pretty crazy, given the running backs and the offenses, combined with the long playoff runs that Montana's had over the last twenty years. I'm not saying Marcus Knight is undeserving. I just think, and I do think Marcus Knight is one of the better running backs in the country, and I think he's one of the best running backs in the Big Sky. I also don't think he's better than Dotson. I don't think he's better than Gilliam. I don't think he's better than Davis. I don't think any of those guys are better than Isaiah Fonse. I, I was just gonna say. Uh, I understand why he's not on this list because he was injured. He played half the year. Yeah, for half the year. And yet, nonetheless, I don't understand why he's not on this list because if you're asking me who the best running back in the Big Sky Conference is, it's Isaiah Fonse. Like, that's that's the the guy. I mean, again, Josh Davis is impressive. He he plays so much bigger than his size. I think Gilliam is amazing. I think Mm -hmm. because he not only can be a 1,000-yard rusher, but he's almost as good catching the ball out of the backfield as Dotson. Dotson is maybe the fastest player in the entire conference. And Knight is awesome. Marcus Knight's great in space. Marcus Knight's actually an underrated pass catcher as well. Oh, he's, but, he, he, but, I mean, he's a great He's a great pass catcher. catcher. Yes, he is. But straight up, put on the film, when if, when Afonso, when he, when he winds it up and lets it roll, yeah. I'm taking him over every running back that I've seen in the FCS, straight up. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Coming up, top of the hour, Leon Costello, athletic director of Montana State University. We also, 530, Chris Cobb, associate head coach of the Montana men's basketball team. Looking forward to that. But next, how about a little bit of baseball? The first volley, first offer on uh, the contractual side, the financial side, to try and get baseball back uh, has happened, and I don't think it went that well. We will get into that right after this. Hey, by the way, the last few weeks have felt like Stepping in a huge pile of poo, well, thanks to Montana Pooper Scoopers, at least you can avoid the actual poo in your yard with their weekly dog pick waste removal. None of us want to deal with the dog waste in the backyard. That is a fact. 
Visit Montana Pooper Scoopers to find out how you can get set up for weekly waste removals or even just a one-time pickup. Service in Missoula and Lolo, Montana Pooper Scoopers takes care of the job that no one in your family wants to. Online at MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Again, go there right now. You mentioned this ad, you get $25 off your initial service. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. It's a power ballad or just a ballad? Not uh, a lot of power. This is the one we've been talking about, man. This is Winds of Change. It's one of the five best-selling singles of all time. Uh, and for a, a, a person that loves world history, loves World War II history, loves Cold War history, this is something I think you should dive into. I know you think I'm a crazy conspiracy theory guy, but this one actually I think you would really – this is not necessarily a conspiracy theory. This is about the westernization of Eastern Europe and the fall of the Soviet Union and the world as we know it today. I could not have said it myself. I will be opening at Crazy Conspiracy Theory Guy as a handle tied to your accounts tonight on Twitter. Speaking of, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT, if you are looking for us on the social medias, we're out there. We're doing the deal. Before we get into this baseball thing, I want to just mention again to you, okay? It is your time, boys and girls. You want to go over to Coeur d'Alene, have yourself a great golf weekend. Here's a little tease for you. Coulter and I are doing it this weekend. We're going over there, going to play round of golf on the spectacular Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort Golf Course and stay overnight in the uh, hotel. You can do that as well. It is very, very simple. We've tried to make it as easy for you as we can. Text your best golf photo. That's right. Texting a photo. Is it pixting at that point? I don't know. Text your best golf photo to 200-8184-406-200-8184. Again, golf photo is 
this is we're throwing as wide a net as possible, right? It doesn't have to be a quote traditional golf like anything that loosely has to do with golf qualifies for this thing. But two hundred eight one eight four, and then this will go all week through the weekend, and then into next week, and then the end of next week, Thursday, we will select finalists. We will post the the best pictures that we have up on the social medias. We're looking forward to this. I've collected all of them that have come through in a great folder. I have been chuckling at uh, some of them and been made very happy by others. Uh, but uh, Coulter and I will go through these together and uh, and we will post the, the ones that we like the most. And then on Friday, we will select a winner to go uh, stay overnight with a friend, a loved one, a spouse, whatever it might be, uh, to the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort for for an overnight uh, and, uh, and a round of golf. So awesome giveaway that we like to do uh, every year that we're fortunate to do every year and uh, we are doing it once again so again 200 is the phone number text your best golf photos to that phone number and we will uh, we will collect them and have a little bit of fun Coulter the same day or perhaps it was the day after that the NHL took a step in a positive direction in terms of announcing how and what the format will be and what the plan is from a competition standpoint going forward if and when the sport resumes baseball has taken what i don't i don't know if it's as big a step back as it appears but it certainly was not a step forward um i I do listen to Jeff Passan on all of this. Passan, excuse me, on all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I He's think really good. He does a really, really good job, uh, and so I, I trust his sort of contextualization of this. But without him, okay, which has has influenced my thinking on this, which I will will pass along as well. When I first saw this, mm-hmm. I said, "That's it. That's all. It is not happening." These so on, so on, so on, are going to ruin this. And and we've talked a lot about how we've had, you know, this is a great golden opportunity, it feels like, for baseball to maybe have a stage that it has not had before. Uh, even when it's been played, baseball occupies a space where there isn't a lot going on nationally in the world of sports. It's basically only competition is golf at the point that the NHL and NBA seasons come to a close, okay? But it isn't, it isn't in a context where, first of all, there's still a lot of people coast to coast. I mean, we're fortunate here in the state of Montana, but if you talk about this nationally, who are just still stuck at home, more or less. Okay? No question. And then people are basically starved for competition. I mean, they cannot wait for games. They want to have games. <laughs> we're watching freaking cornhole. I mean, the demand for baseball is not normally, quote-unquote, all that high, and it is through the roof right now because the demand for everything is through the roof right now, and the first thing to come back is going to capitalize on that. And if you think that that's not influential, if you think that that shouldn't be on the table as a motivator, well, I'm sorry to tell you, it is on the table as a motivator. Well, also consider this. You've lived in West Coast cities, as have I, you for a lot longer than me, but even just living in around the Seattle area, I'm not really a Mariners fan. I don't have any really opinion on the Mariners. I like that they exist. I've been to plenty of Mariners games. I think that it's great. I I have a lot of nostalgia around the old 90s, early 2000s Mariners teams. But when you live in the market, you realize how regional baseball is because you hear about the Mariners every single day. Any guy you see just on the street that you know like sports, hey, dude, you watched Mariners last night? Hey, dude, I'm going to go watch a couple innings of the Mariners game at the Tavern. You want to have one? You know, I mean, it, it makes you 
into a Mariners follower if you follow sports at all, just from living in the market. And on that note, not only is this an opportunity for baseball to capture national viewers, to get people in markets like ours where there is no real regional team dominating it, but mm-hmm. we're, I mean, we would both watch all sorts of baseball if it was on right we, now. We, there would be no show. Not, yes. only, not only that, but you also have a chance because all the baseball teams are in, uh, not, not all, a lot of the baseball teams are in the areas that are the most afflicted by this pandemic. So now you give all those areas something positive to talk about, yeah. something to talk about besides COVID-19. I mean, we've talked about this before, but everybody talks about there's too much baseball, too much baseball, 162 games to set in the third, okay, which I, I find crazy. Root Sports, right, who carries the, the telecast, who has the telecast rights for Mariners baseball, and what do they do? I, I don't know if it's an hour long. I think it's an hour long pre-game show for every single Mariners baseball game. Right. Followed by a three to four hour baseball game. Followed by a 30 minute or so, 45 minute, whatever it is, post-game show. So that in total is easily five hours. Okay? You know what happens immediately after that? A replay of the baseball game. Like this is, the, the network is so like has so much baseball and yet they're they're playing 300 or 400 games of baseball uh, what uh, on, on their station 320 games whatever it turns out to be every year when they replay every game that it is so you know it is something that is absolutely uh, 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 through the roof in terms of people who follow it in the cities where these teams exist. Okay, so you're right on that. Here is what happened. Baseball and the players had an agreement in March that the players would take a reduced salary in accordance with the number of games they actually play, a proration, which makes to me all the sense of the world, and it wasn't. It was barely even a blip on the radar because it's like, look, man, if we only got 82 games to play instead of 162, we're going to pay you 51% of your salary because you're doing right. 51% of the games that you play, and I think that's pretty reasonable to do it. The 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 rub here is that the owners contend that the language of that was with a caveat. We've been caveat heavy today. That's right. That there would be fans in attendance to those 82 games. Uh-huh. It is a significant f- to the tune of 40% of their gross revenue loss if there are not fans at the games and, and that is representing full fans, okay? If that doesn't, so they think that the the, the negotiation that they had doesn't hold, needs to be redone and a further pay cuts taken to the players if there are not fans. Now, I'm not saying there's no argument to be had if that if that is the case. Also, the player said, "Look, you are the ones who if if nobody comes to a game just because I don't know." the Kansas City Royals are awful and they're pulling 4,000 people, that doesn't affect the players. That's not their problem. They're there doing the work that they right. do. That is the risk, quote-unquote, that you take of being an owner. Sure. So now you want to pass that off to the players. But not only pass it off, crush the players, yeah. and not just any of them. In fact, your most visible and highest-paid players yep. getting the worst of it. So the deal is this. Basically, it's it's a further proration where the scale goes that if you are paid between uh, 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 five hundred and well the, the league minimum five hundred sixty three thousand dollars up to a million dollars, you'll be paid seventy two percent of the prorated amount. 
a million to five million, fifty percent, five million to ten million, forty percent, and so on. Over twenty million dollars, you're only receiving twenty percent. Now, on one hand, you go, well, if you're already, if you're making over twenty million, twenty percent is still a lot of money. Well, yeah, it is a lot of money. But just to put this into context for you, okay, Mike Trout, who is scheduled to make the most money in baseball, the most money in baseball history, thirty-seven million dollars. Not to add, not to mention the six hundred sixty-six thousand uh, on on top of that. So thirty-seven million six hundred sixty-six thousand dollars. Call it thirty-seven and a half million. Okay, this year, the prorated amount he was going to make then as a result was nineteen million dollars. Reasonable, mm-hmm. certainly. With this new deal, he would stand to make still playing the, all the eighty-two games five million. $748,000, and that's the highest played pair in the game. He's losing a full 75%, nearly 75% of the prorated amount for no reason other than the, the, the owners say, well, this is what we're going to do. This is how we want to structure this. That is going to destroy baseball. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. I... First of all, I couldn't agree more. I, you've watched the documentary Broke, right? The, the yes. 30 for 30. And this is not the only place where this is revealed, but for for so long in sports, professional sports, first of all, the salaries were not nearly as exorbitant as they are now, but also it was not necessarily a piece of news. Now, contracts are big business. I mean, covering the negotiation and signing of contracts, who is getting paid what, and then the way that that structures and stratifies each of the professional sports leagues, it's a huge thing, both from a media journalism perspective and a player perspective. There's certainly a fair amount of professional athletes that are greedy or that 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 love money, that love being highly paid. But at the end of the day, when you live in a capitalistic society like this, we're all competitive. We're all trying to make more money. And it's not necessarily for the material goods that we could buy, but more the affirmation of the talent or skill or hard work or whatever we might bring to the table. And athletes are no different. And that's the number one thing that I see when I see this. It's not as if Mike Trout absolutely has to have that extra $30 million to be able to survive. He is just fine. He is going to be a multi-multi-millionaire for the rest of his life. But it's like Kobe Bryant used to say. I want to be the highest paid player in the league, not because I need all the money, because I think I'm the best guy in the league. It's just like LeBron and Steph Curry. These guys, they have all, what's the difference between 20 and 30 and $40 million? Who even knows? But it's, it's the, it's the affirmation of what your status is among your peers. And that's, and these guys are competitive in everything, in literally everything. And so that, I mean, to me, it's sliding them from that area, but also go ahead, because I, I want to talk about a little bit about what Max Scherzer put on Twitter last night. The, you know what I see when I see this? I see straight greed. You know of who? The owners. The owners. Right. And and here's the and, and the owners have completely dehumanized themselves as well because not only do they look like the incredibly greedy ones, not only are they doubling down twice and going back on agreements and contract negotiations, not only are they trying to make sure that their profits are maximized and the players are minimized, but then they've also made statements like, well, if somebody gets sick, we don't care. We're just going to keep playing. Yeah, well, I the player yeah. welfare, all that kind of stuff, it, it just it, it just accentuates what's already like what you're saying, the greed of these people that again, millionaires and billionaires arguing, I know that's above the heads of most Americans, but at the end of the day, 
the billionaires, the owners are the ones that got egg all over their face for what's going on right now with baseball. They do. And the the, the one the, the contextualization part of this that uh, Jeff Passan put on this, which is true, is that, look, everybody knew this was going to be a, quote, negotiation. So what do you do when you come with the first thing? You offer, in this case, very low. The thing is, is that there's a sweet spot to hit, right? You want to go lower than so that you have some room to come back on it, but also you don't want to go so low that you alienate the negotiating partner. And that right. is what has happened here to me. But he seems to think that, look, there's still going to be back and forth on this, and at some point we're going to get closer. The question is, will we get close enough to get actually something done? Nonetheless, the the, the part of this that bothers me is when you are an owner – of a, of a professional league when you're the owner of any business okay you can make a lot of money if you are good at what you do and you do it well and these these folks clearly have but also part of what you are remunerated for presumably for being a business owner is taking on the risk the player salaries are guaranteed they get this money man you know if the if if everything goes whatever they sign for if everything goes south they still get the money. If they break their, you know, whatever, they're getting them, they're getting paid, okay? They don't have any risk at the point that the contract is signed anymore. And yet if a pandemic hits, now the risk has been transferred onto the business owner. But you know what? That's what it is to be the business owner. No question. And so you assume that you risk. Assume no that matter what, risk. even if it's a tiny little business like Skyline Sports, we totally know if it all goes belly up, it's that's on me. That's, that's it. it. That's it. And, and that's right. I mean, and it, by the way, this is happening all over the country. We know there's plenty of small business owners that are are palms up right now going, what what are we going to do? And there are, but there's also cast to this. When you are a multi-billion dollar valuation individual who has a billion or multi-billion dollar business that he, that he is running from a franchise standpoint, this is just attempting to shift all of that back. And maybe from a business standpoint, certainly that's probably the right way to go. But also when your business is the business of public relations, is the business of fans, is the business of your employee relationships, you are you are squashing all of that. And this is a horrendous look for the ownership in Major League Baseball. Awful. I know we're up against it, but this needs to be read, I think, because to me, this was the most damning thing I've seen from the player side of things. Yeah. Max Scherzer, who's obviously an all-star Cy Young Award winning pitcher for the Washington Nationals, he's also a member of the union's executive subcommittee. So he's one of the top player representatives for the MLB Players Union, right? Yes. He tweeted last night, he said, after discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no reason to engage with MLB in any further compensation reductions. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of prorated salaries, and there's absolutely no justification to accept a second pay cut based upon the current information the union has received. I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe MLB's economic strategy would completely change if all documentation were to become public right, information right to me that's it the owners either hightail back and go back to what was originally going to happen or this is a this is done that's right if you the players can, are not going to agree to this period if you can see the irs tax statements and see where how much money is at play and where right. it's going it changes your view very much of the people whose irs tax statements you don't have and if you're talking about the, the owners of major league baseball the amount of money they're expecting to get 
even with even without fans compared to what they're going to pay. You know what this is? A raise for the owners. Exactly. A huge raise and that's for what the they're owners. Trying to do. That's what they're trying to do. They're not they're not even coming halfway and and accepting a partial loss on this thing. They are trying to get over on everybody and they might ruin their sport as a result of it. It's two tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Take a quick break on the other side. Some more baseball stuff, Pioneer League style. I want to talk about this briefly. We'll get to it right after this. Hey, Kurtz Polaris, they're at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. They're at Highway 83 in Sealy. And the weather, it is warming up. Is it ever? And you know what that means? Time to get outside, go dirt biking, go off-roading, or go on laking, right? Or maybe rivering as your case may be. Go to Kurtz Polaris. Why? They got Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, tops in the industry, brand new for the season at Kurtz. They also have a great Polaris side-by-sides, right, including the hardworking Ranger and fast, fun Razor. Or maybe for a little leisure time, how about this? Kurtz now carrying Crest pontoon boats. Give me a pontoon boat. Maybe get that going, a little, little rider in the contract. Summer the way you always envision with Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Good to be with you. Thanks for being here with us on a Thursday afternoon. Coming up, top of the hour, Leon Costello, Athletic Director, Montana State, and bottom of the hour, bottom of the next hour, Chris Cobb, the Associate Head Coach of the University of Montana Men's Basketball Team. But Coulter, we're sitting here trying to figure out if baseball is going to go. We had Matt Ellis, who's the General Manager of the Missoula Paddleheads. Uh, oh, about a month ago now, he was on the show. And the thing that he said that stuck with me is, as it pertains to minor league baseball this season, they are taking their cue from major league baseball. There is no minor league baseball until major league baseball begins. Now, we've just gone through that we're a long way away, at least from a negotiation standpoint, it feels like, from major league baseball resuming, if at all. I, for one, and I, I know that I'm in the vast majority here, which is rare, am, I, I, I am I am so very hopeful that they figure it out. And I'll tell you why. I am not optimistic that the Pioneer League is going to survive uh, as such beyond this year. And I think that there would be something that would be there would be so uh, 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 enjoyable, obviously a little bit sad and melancholy, especially down the stretch for fans. But to have one last opportunity to go to Pioneer League baseball games, minor league baseball games in the state of Montana, in Billings, Great Falls and Missoula to watch the teams play. And if you know 
that this is your last one. I mean, why does Dwayne Wade announce that this is you know, I'm retiring at the end of the season, right? right. Uh, uh, and 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 many other guys have done it, Kobe and so on, because. Not not because you get all the gifts or whatever, maybe that's part of it, but because you want to be able to revel in the process of knowing this is it, right? Ray sure. Lewis, last ride, let's yep. go. Yep. And I think for fans to go, I'm going to go sit down at the park and watch baseball in my hometown, and I don't know when I'm going to get an opportunity to do that again, you know, and to watch these minor league teams. I think that they would, I think there would be something very special about this season if it were to happen, and I hope that it can happen because I think people would take it, people take it somewhat for granted. Oh, it's baseball season. Okay, maybe I'll go to the game. Eh, maybe I won't. And I think people would be much more focused on, you know what, I need to get down there and get a couple more games in. You know what I mean? Jeff Passan, your guy, yep. tweeted earlier today, across baseball, hundreds of minor league players were cut today and lost their jobs. Hundreds more will be released over the next week. In the end, upwards of 1,000 players could have their baseball careers end. The minor leagues have simply been devastated. Yep. His follow-up tweet said, in normal years, cuts happen, but not in mass like this. The fallout from the coronavirus, expected minor league contraction, and the anticipated cancellation of the entire 2020 minor league baseball season across the country mm. prompted organizations to each release dozens and sometimes upwards of 60 players each. Who in are the each, minor league who, system. In the minor league system who yeah. are each being paid $400 per week. So, I mean, that's just... In no way good for the prospects. No, it is not. And so let's talk about this really quickly. We talk, we've, we've emphasized the regionalization of baseball, right? Yes. It's even become a, so much more than when even when we were kids. We've talked about how when we were growing up, you're a Cubs fan because the only two channels that had baseball on it when we were growing up WGN, were WGN and TBS. Whatever, and so yeah. you watch the Braves and the Cubs. Love the Cubs, hate the Braves. Uh, well, there you go. There you go. But – you, as a kid, you were exposed to baseball on a daily basis, and you became a fan of baseball on a daily basis. Well, now, maybe kids around here watch Root Sports and, and watch the Mariners or something like that, but the in-person baseball experience, that's one of the number one things into garnering young fans. Right. So if the owners screw this up and make sure baseball doesn't happen this summer, the third work stoppage in 25 years in baseball, and then they also just eliminate minor league baseball, or particularly in rural areas like Missoula, Montana. Where does baseball go from here? How can you even make it back from this? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's very glum right now on that front. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We are going to have a little bit of fun, at least, I like to think. Leon Costello, the athletic director, Montana State University, with us live next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.